Welcome to the School of Sellers podcast, a teacher business show that is short on time, but big on action. Full-time, part-time, or just getting started? No matter where you are in your teacher-seller journey, there's something here for everyone. Making your online teacher business feel doable every step of the way. Here's your host, Erin Waters. Hello, my friends, and welcome to another episode of the School of Sellers podcast. Today, we are sitting down with a secondary seller on TBT. The truth is that selling on TBT feels a lot of times like the elementary resources are the majority, and this can present some unique challenges for secondary sellers and also some unique opportunities. So today we have a very special guest. Danny Kennis is here to talk to us about what it feels like and what it's like to be a secondary teacher and what our older students need right now and how TPT sellers can serve those teachers and those students. So without further ado, here we go. Danny, thank you so much for being here today. I am so excited for this episode. And before I even start talking about it, why don't you give us a little insight into who you are, what you do, and just like your TPT story, because I know we all have one. You got it. Hi, I am also so excited to be here. I'm a huge fan of yours. My name is Danny Kenneth. I am a teacher in New York. I live in New Jersey, though. So I teach secondary social studies special ed for ninth grade through 12th grade. This is my 12th year teaching, and it is my fifth year, I think, doing TPT, but I'd say my second or third year really, truly taking it very seriously. Awesome. Okay, so Danny is one of my, so I don't, I don't follow a ton of secondary teachers because my niche is elementary, but I have been following Danny for quite some time on Instagram when we met through School of Sellers and her Instagram handle is stuck on edu. So if you are a secondary seller, go ahead and follow Danny. She has so many good ideas that she shares and she's really funny and personable, but I wanted to have Danny on the show today because you are a secondary seller. And I feel like, and maybe this is just a very egocentric way of looking at TBT, but I feel like A lot of times when we think TBT, we think like elementary resources. And I don't know if that's just, again, my own bias coming through, but obviously when it comes to teaching elementary and secondary, there are some differences. And I think over the last couple of years, we've especially seen some big needs in the secondary world for our students. And Danny, I know that's something that you post a lot about on Instagram. So Tell us about the SEL side of secondary, because I know that's a big area of focus for you. Yeah, so I'd say I first started understanding the importance of SEL probably when COVID began. I wasn't sure of anything. I myself struggle with anxiety, and I was like, if I'm struggling, I know my students are struggling. And I remember so clearly sitting down at the beginning of last school year when we were first remote. And being like, I have no idea what I'm going to teach. I don't know what it will look like. All I know is that I just want to connect with my students. And that's the most important thing. So for the first two weeks of school, we did only attendance questions, SEL check-ins. And then as time went on, I feel like I have the best connections with that group of students that I had last year that I've ever had with any group of students. And I know it was a very unique situation, but I've since then kind of taken what worked 
and incorporated it into my classroom now, which is we're fully back in person. And so I'd say the biggest SEL needs for secondary teachers would be making space for authentic and flexible ways to offer students space to reflect and process their emotions. I think so often we talk about the importance of SEL, but it's so important to me to build really tangible ways to do this, even if a teacher only has a five or 10 minute segment in their 45 minute period. Gosh, that is so true. And it's kind of like a light bulb moment for me hearing this as an elementary teacher, because you know, we, of course, it's always the buzzword and the, one of the buzz topics of SEL, but talking about it versus doing something about it are two very different things as we well know. But it's like my light bulb moment is like, it's kind of crazy to think that you have little mini grownups in your classroom. And whereas me with the little guys, I mean, you handle and you approach those situations so differently, but for you to have this opportunity to give them a space to talk because they can't, I mean, they're, they're grownups in training. Like they can talk just as well as us grownups can. And so that's a really cool, but fragile balance to strike. I imagine with that age group, very fragile balance. So (laughs) I think the one not roadblock, but the one thing that I've run into that's been a huge challenge is as my school has tried to implement more SEL, we're realizing that there's a greater need for psychologists and social services and just people to really support the kids who are ready to dive in and divulge some of what they're going through. And that support isn't always there, which is a really challenging piece of doing this. Because if you expect children or students to confide and open themselves up to all of these really big, scary emotions, there has to be someone there to support them when they say, hey, I'm feeling depressed. Hey, I'm feeling anxious. Hey, I'm feeling suicidal. And some of that has been a really big wake-up call for me and the faculty that I work with in trying to figure out how to best approach those situations. Right. And that's not obviously a quick fix, you know, just hiring. I mean, I'm sure that's the case for a lot of schools that are coming to this realization. So in the meantime, there's teachers like you who are kind of like doing triage and like really just putting out fires everywhere you can at this point. And I love, so when you, when I follow you on Instagram, I feel like you do a really good job of connecting to your students and like the questions you ask them for attendance check-in, for example, like I see so many things I'm like, oh, I would have loved having you as a teacher in junior high or high school, because like, I feel like you really just understand what the kids need. And I think that's so cool. So do you think that kind of like meeting them at their interests and how do you, how do you incorporate that into your classroom and your lessons? That is the most important thing to me. I mean, I teach social studies, but I teach students and that always comes first. It has to come first. So I try at the beginning of the year, you know, I do the typical, like, what are you interested in survey? But It's important to me not just to leave it there. I continually ask them about their interests and their values. And so I do that a couple of ways. The attendance question is one way that we do that. And so at the beginning of class, and I guess I should preface this by saying I have smaller classes because I teach special ed Mm -hmm. that max out at 15 students. So I have a little bit more flexibility rather than a class of 25 or 30 students. So I'll put an attendance question up. A favorite is always is a hot dog a sandwich or not? They go insane over that. (laughs) So even something like that, that's so simple. But then I've also put questions out that are like, you know, what's your biggest flex or what's your biggest fear? Just things to really kind of get the students to question 
their own values and how they feel about certain things. So there are questions that are really shallow, questions that are really deep, but that's how we connect. So that's one way that's important to for me to connect with my students. And then the other is the actual SEL check-ins that we do. And so those are usually done in my class on Google Slides, and it ranges anywhere from five questions to 12 questions. Sometimes we watch videos that focus on building character or focus on empathy and kindness. And so just based on the answers that I get from them, I try to cater to what their needs and their interests are. So Valentine's Day, for example, was just yesterday. And I know that it can be a tricky subject, a tricky day at the high school level, and people have all different kinds of feelings about it. So rather than approaching it from like a love standpoint, I just approached it from kind of a kindness standpoint in terms of what can you do to help someone else out. So just incorporating those opportunities to hopefully positively impact them as people is one really important way for me to connect with them. I love that. And the thought of Valentine's Day in high school gives me like, I like break out into a cold sweat. Like, I don't even know how that's a whole other conversation. I'm sure. So, okay. So I love all of this and I'm a big SEL person too. Like I was all, I was, I loved doing like the morning meeting in my classroom. And I know that's a very like basic SEL thing, but I have definitely seen firsthand how, and this is advice that I give a lot of our newer sellers, but I have seen firsthand how cool it is when you take something that works in your own classroom and then turn it into a TPT product and there's nothing quite like it. So I want to hear from you about how you do that. How how do you take something that's done in your classroom with your unique group and turn it into a product that other teachers can use? So I don't I wonder if everyone does this, but for me, I'm a full-time teacher and I'm working on TPT on the side, I guess, but I won't sell anything on TPT that I haven't tried in my own classroom because it doesn't feel as genuine for me. And I need to know that it works. I need to know that my students responded well to it. And I need to know that it's something that provided value to them because then I know that it will provide value to other students. So I spend a lot of time, I feel like this is a little bit shallow, but I spend a lot of time making things really pretty and like visually relevant for my kids. And I guess in my teaching, I think of the stuff that I make on TPT in both a more universal way and also a more specific way because I teach special ed. So I want to make resources that are appealing to a wide audience, but it also kind of brings to the forefront that I need to make sure that I'm differentiating. It makes me realize that a lot of what I create really is very niche because I'm teaching special ed. So I feel like I always have to kind of find a balance between creating something that other teachers can use, but also something that works specifically in my classroom. So what I put out on TPT is not exactly what I use in my classroom, but it's very similar to it. And then I I figure most teachers sort of cater it to whatever the specific needs of their students might be. Yeah, well, I love that. And and first of all, I do not think it's shallow. I, In fact, it's pretty interesting to think about. I would say that's probably another difference between selling things for secondary versus elementary, because in elementary, it's like we're more marketing to the teacher who's going to be using it. Obviously, we make things student-friendly, but the design piece is huge for your age group because if if a high schooler takes one look at a slide that has like little babyish clip art, they're going to be like, I don't think so. I'm guessing that would be the scenario. That's so funny because I I feel like people post about clip art all the time and I'm like, yeah, I don't really use that. Like if I put any kind of fake, not fake, but any kind of clip art in there that my kids yeah. 
one that's cheesy. Like that's it's not going to sit well with them. So I can't use that kind of stuff. See, that's so funny to me because clip art is like all we use really. I mean, not all we use, but it's huge in the primary world. So yeah. oh, so interesting. What Because I know there have been people like the post you were just referencing, like people looking for more mature looking kids, clip art, just any sort of clip art usually is kind of just not something I, to gravitate toward. I really don't use it. I would rather use, so I use a lot of, I know this is going to be controversial, but a lot of <laughs> gifts. I never know how to say it, but I use a lot of gifts because they just catch the attention of my kids. And I find that it's a really easy way to be relevant and make them laugh and kind of make them realize that I'm sort of part of their world. And I know that sounds like it might be nothing significant, but for me, that's a really important way to reach them. I 100% agree. And I love that you use, I'm team GIF by the way, but (laughs) I don't know. I'm not committed to either. I think it just like depends on the day. I don't know. I'm that way with the word niche. Like sometimes I am really cringy and say niche. And then I'm like, but then I feel like I'm trying to be too fancy when I say niche. I know. I feel the exact same. I'm with you. I am usually team niche, but like it doesn't always feel right. I don't know. Okay, TPT sellers, quick note for all of my friends out there who love to geek out over their TPT business with other sellers. I would love to personally invite you to join School of Sellers Ignite, a work club that is open to any and all TPT sellers. Ignite is the first membership of its kind designed to not only deliver monthly challenges with prizes, but also provide space and resources to work alongside other sellers. One of our main goals is to give you the community and accountability that's missing from your business life. We will have power hour work sessions, prizes for challenges, and so much more. Join today at schoolofsellers.com slash ignite. I wanted, before we wrap this episode up, I really just wanted to touch on the positive impact that TPT has had on your teaching, because I think a lot of times we hear like the narrative or people expecting that just because we sell on TPT means that we're like you know, not spending as much time on teaching or whatever. But a lot of times I think it kind of works the opposite way where it kind of like relights our love of teaching. So tell us how that has worked for you. Oh my God. Yes. I feel that deep in my soul, especially over the past year when it's been so challenging and so many of us have questioned, is this the job for me? Is this the place for me? I've taken everything I love about TPT and tried to make it what makes me happy in the classroom, if that makes sense. I love creating. I love connecting with people. And those are the things that I've really tried to do more of. And yeah, it really has reignited my passion. Like I feel like it's so important for me to be creating resources that I know are going to help me impact a wider audience than just the kids in my classroom. Because you have days sometimes in the classroom where things just don't land and they don't sit right. And it just feels like, you know, I wasn't my best teacher self today. That was me yesterday. And so not that the numbers or money means everything, but I'm like, okay, like I sold something, even if it's just one thing, I know that I'm helping one teacher and a class of however many kids. And that feeling is just so fulfilling. And I just want so much more of that. It really helps me to feel like it can have a bigger impact because that has always been my thing. I want to impact more than just the kids in front of me in my classroom. I was never really sure how to do that, but TPT has been such a nice gateway into that world of possibility. That's amazing. Well, especially with your focus on SEL is 
so needed right now. So not, not to minimize, you know, math resources or science resources, but this is literally what the world needs right now. So I think it's so cool that that's what you're doing. And I just can't wait to see where it all goes for you. Thank you. Yeah. I hope, I really hope my SEL check-ins are kind of like something that make students feel like they're getting a big warm fuzzy hug. That's all I want. I think it will be something that they look back at years from now. And like, that's the thing they remember about you and just taking the time to check in just for a couple minutes. I mean, there's just so much power in the small things that you do in your classroom. I agree. Uh, I love it. Well, as you know, I love having a couple little just for fun questions at the very end. So let's start out with a funny one. If you, okay, if you ended up in jail, what would your friends and family think that you did to end up there? Okay. So I have two answers. First of all, it would be something totally accidental. Like I wasn't paying attention to what I was doing and jaywalked or uh, like accidentally stole something from a store. I just, people make fun of me for being, my husband mostly makes fun of me for not paying attention to my surroundings. So it would be that or stalking Taylor Swift. I love it. (laughs) And that would not be accidental. accidental Do you ever feel like sometimes I will like panic when I'm leaving a store and I think I'll like accidentally forgot to like put something back. And I swear every time I walk out, those sensors are going to go off. Yes, either that or like I'll be in my car driving and I'm like either so into the podcast I'm listening to or my music and I'll be like, wait, did I just run five red lights? I don't know. (laughs) Or like when you see a a cop like driving by you and you're like all of a sudden I'm like, am I driving in a straight line? Like what is wrong with why am I like this? (laughs) Exactly me all the time. (laughs) I love that's so funny. Oh my gosh. Okay. So this kind of goes, kind of goes along with what we were talking about earlier, but if you, if you were not in the classroom and you were not a TPT seller, what would you want your job to be or, or where do you think you would have ended up like either one of those? I think I would have wanted to do some kind of leadership training or leading people in team building activities, like those really cheesy activities that most people really hate. I think I would. (laughs) such a good person to lead that. I feel like I could be a professional, not literally, but a professional cheerleader, someone who just like lifts everyone up. And I don't quite know what that would look like, but this whole team building thing, I could really see myself doing, or I would love to be a casting director for a TV show and like really dig into people's personalities and analyze them and figure out where they'd fit on a TV show. Oh, that would be fun. Yeah. I love that answer. That would be a really fun one. Is there a specific TV show that you would? So I used to remember back in the day when the real world was very popular. Oh, yes. I sure do. I want to look for people to cast in those specific cliche roles. Now, you know, I'm I'm more open to any opportunity (laughs) qualified for that job. I'm currently binging Love is Blind and it like amazes me at probably the level of research that has gone into finding people that they think will match up. Yeah. But you don't think about, I mean, like maybe people do, but I, I think about that kind of stuff and I'm like, Hmm, I wonder what about that person made them feel, made the directors or whoever feel like that was a good fit for this role. Like I love thinking about yes. that kind of stuff. But that's why you're so good at making SEL stuff because you think about these things. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I never connected those two things, but that makes a lot of sense. You know, like that's really cool to think about actually. 
Okay. Last one. What is your favorite font? This is the loaded question for most. I, no, I have a pretty boring answer. So I'm on a Chromebook. I don't use like a regular PC. So I may, I feel like I, I don't know if all the font lovers are going to appreciate me after this. I'm a Google font user only for the most part, unless I'm on my work computer. My favorite font though is News Cycle on Google. It's like very minimal, very simplistic, no curly, fancy, anything like that. I, I'm not a lover of anything like cheesy and, you know, cutesy. So my go-to. That's interesting. I think that's really smart though, because I know I had to go through the cycle of like changing all my fonts to Google fonts if I wanted to convert to slides. So I think it's really smart just to start with those fonts and then, you know, everything else will follow. Yeah. That's kind of been a little bit of my struggle on TPT because I'm a Chromebook user. So I'm like, well, I'm a little bit limited, but also it makes it so that I have no other choices and it just works for me and my students. We use Google Classroom at school. So like everything in my world is all googly. Honestly, that's probably for the best. And you are probably one of many teachers who are just using Chromebooks in their classroom, especially. So it probably is going to end up working in your favor that you're like, you really know what Chromebook users need. So that's just another need oh, that I you fulfill. So <laughs> Oh, well, thank you, Danny. This has been such a pleasure and I'm really excited to share this episode with everyone. So thank you for taking time out of your day. Thank you for having me on the show. Wonderful. This is like my favorite thing to do. I love connecting with other people in this TPT world and being able to have the space to talk about it because I feel like I mentioned it at work, at school, and people are like, what? What are you talking about? And like, oh, never mind. Don't worry. <laughs> it is. It's such its own little hidden secret world that only you can understand if you're part of it. So yes, absolutely. Well, thank you. I know a lot of people are going to love listening and especially our secondary sellers. I don't know that we've had a secondary focused episode yet on the show. So I'm so excited. Oh, I can't wait. I'm always looking to connect with secondary sellers because I feel like there really are not a whole lot of us out there, but I am so excited to connect and I'm hoping that people will listen and follow me and that I can connect with them. And so that we'll have a platform and place to talk DM me. Yeah. Anything. I love connecting. You know what? When we, when we air this episode, we'll start a thread in the school of sellers group for just the secondary sellers to connect. And we can kind of see like a roundup or maybe even a poll to see who's who I, we haven't done one of those in a while. So that would be fun. So, so wonderful. I'm always checking Facebook for secondary sellers. I feel like what you were saying before, everything is so focused on elementary. And I'm like, I don't really, I don't get anything out of that because I don't know anything about that world, but yeah, that would be wonderful. Right. Well, and then, sorry, just one other random thought, but secondary, you guys are also then like departmentalized a lot. So it's like, not only is it a separate thing, but then it even gets further separated into your own little path. So I can imagine it's super hard to find people that are like in your secondary SEL special ed, like that's a lot of things to line up. So I don't know any secondary SEL sellers, but I have a group of like, I'd say five or 10 really awesome social studies sellers. And we do a bunch of things together, which is really nice to have, but I'm always looking for more people to include. Awesome. Well, this is a perfect start then. Thank you so much. This was awesome. 